1: Episode forty three of the podcast to be named later. I'm Chris Willis and I'm again joined by my good friend Stephen Talbert. Stephen, appreciate you flying solo last week, but it's good to be out with you.
2: Yeah, buddy. It's uh it's been a minute since you and I got to do this. Obviously we went solo last week and yeah, those are those aren't always fun, so it's definitely nice to have my, my normal co-pilot back. But um yeah, we got a lot to get to since a lot's happened since you and I've talked specifically, so there's a lot to talk about tonight.
1: We'll just start with this – I think we'll just jump right into it and start with this uh, road trip uh, that, that got off to a, a rough start. I mean, it's a, it's one of those funny things. I mean, I was getting it, I was getting tweets about, you know, this is a good chance to sweep. And, I mean, if you look at it on paper, it should have been a sweep. You know, the Braves are one of the best teams in the National League. Oakland Athletics, one of the worst teams in the majors. But baseball is weird, and it has a, it has a, a tendency to um, do strange things, and and that's exactly what happened to the Braves. I mean, we'll just go kind of go through this uh, Monday. Braves f- lost seven to two. That snapped an eleven game losing streak for the A's. Michael Soroka returned though, and I it was to me that was the big story. Um, despite the loss, offense didn't do a whole lot. Uh, Oakland's bullpen shut the Braves down. Over the allowed one run over the last five innings, but Michael Soroka's back through eighty three pitches. I think he he pitched into the sixth. Could have I believe he honestly could have gone further if they had needed him to, but they were losing. And you know had one rough inning, but I thought he looked pretty good, and I thought that was pretty encouraging.
2: Yeah, I was super encouraged by you know we didn't. We, I probably didn't talk about it enough just because they lost the game and they lost the game kind of convincingly. I think it was seven two when you lose to the worst team maybe in the history of baseball and, and you're, you're one of the best teams in the in the league, then obviously that's going to be the focus. But, yeah, I thought Soroka looked good. I was really encouraged. Um, you know, he had one bad inning. He just, you know, he got some sequencing stuff where a couple guys got on and, and somebody popped a homer, and, that you know, that happens. But I was encouraged with the command. He looked healthy. He looked, you know, he looked strong. He's added a bunch of weight. He's changed his mechanics a little bit. He's talked about, you know, he thought maybe some of the stuff he was doing before led to some of the injuries. And so, you know, he definitely looked different. Um, And obviously it was a really anticipated return. A lot of brace fans were, you know, I mean, rightly so emotional about it. It's been almost three years since we've seen him and it was just great to see him on the mound. You know, I tweeted this out, but it it, it is one of the things I love about baseball is is how, how indifferent it is to storylines and narratives sometimes because, you know, Mike, Michael's coming back from this kind of three-year journey to, to get back, and you kind of hope that will be the story of the night, and then, you know, they just kind of no-show against the A's, and the offense doesn't do anything. Oakland's bullpen is one of the worst in baseball. Actually, it's the worst in baseball, and man, they shut the Braves out for, I I, I think the Braves had, they had two runs that game, and I think over the last, like, four innings, they, they didn't have a base runner, or that might have been the second game, I can't remember, but yeah, it, it it stinks for Michael cuz it it really could have been a really cool story, you know, had he you know, had they won and the offense kind of shown up, but it was still great to see him on the mound. I mean, that was awesome and and obviously he's going to be here for a while. They're not going to yo-yo him back and forth at AAA. You're going to see Sirocco in the rotation for uh quite a bit at at this point.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I that you touched on it there, but it was it was kind of stark how different he looks, you know, cuz he's you know he's put on weight. Uh, it's good weight. You know he's a big guy. Was always kind of wiry. You know before before the injury, but you know he's really put together now. And um, you know I think he's I think he's shown has shown that you know maybe he's built you know built for this better uh, better for the longevity of it now. You know having coming through these injuries. So you know it was really good to see him. Tuesday's game I think was the most frustrating probably of the three. Just because Bryce Elder uh, was excellent again, pitched into the eighth inning and allowed one run, but the Braves lose two to one on a walk-off error. Uh, Rysel Iglesias uh, walked the bases loaded in the ninth, and then uh, Austin Riley bobbled a ball. I'm not really sure. I think the three walks was the big, the big story. But again, A's bullpen three perfect innings to close it out, retired 14 straight to end the game. The offense was just uh, offense just wasn't there, you know, for those first two games of the series.
2: Yeah, and this is where baseball is just, it's unbelievable at times, and it's unbelievable at times, right? Like, it it makes no sense. The Braves are one of the best offenses in baseball. They're just coming off a game in Philly where they score 11 runs, I think, on Sunday night baseball, just hammer the Phillies, scored like seven runs in the first inning. And then they, you know, admittedly, the the schedule makers didn't do them any favors. I mean, they, they had to play a Sunday night game, it was, and it was a long game. It was like a three-hour game. And and then they had to fly to Oakland and play like a 5 p.m. local game in Oakland the next day. And so that's definitely part of it. I don't, I don't want to just like gloss over that. But, yeah, then they come to Oakland for two games and not do anything offensively. I mean, they scored three runs in the first two games total. And like you said, there wasn't a lot of – in that second game, there wasn't even a lot of threats. I mean, they went – they had, some th- they had some threats early. They couldn't get a hit with runners to score position the first couple innings. But, yeah, like the last five innings of the game, they went down one, two, three. And, yeah, it was just annoying. And then, obviously, Glacius is, I mean, he hasn't, I looked this up, he hasn't walked three hitters in, a, in an inning since 2018. It's been five years since he's walked three guys in one inning. And I've heard guys talk about before about coming in to a game for the first time in Oakland or out in the Bay and, and not being able to grip the ball the same. I think that's what was going on because quite frankly, those pitches weren't even close. I mean, he wasn't even remotely close to the plate. And this is a guy that has usually runs one of the best walk rates in the majors. He just doesn't walk people that much. And he had two walks on the year coming into the game. And he walked three guys in one inning. Um, so, yeah. And then obviously the lose on the, you know, even after all the walks, the Braves got a pretty much a tailor-made ground ball double play to Riley. And, you know, he boots it and can't even get the guy out at home. And it was just a, a a cap on two highly frustrating games and and those are the type of games that you just you try to flush as fast as possible you do I don't I mean just talking about them now is annoying quite honestly so it's yeah those were those were two annoying games for sure
1: there was a little bit more news for Tuesday too prior to the game the Braves uh selected the contract of AJ Smith Shaver uh that was something we were expecting at some point uh perhaps because they had pushed him through the minors so quickly. I don't think I was expecting it on May 30th, though. Um, Lucas Leakey was uh, designated for assignment. It's been a rough stretch for Licky since he came back from injury. He allowed three of those runs uh, in Monday's opener and, and then was DFA'd. But uh, smith Shaver hasn't gotten into a game yet. Um, it looks like he's going to work out of the bullpen, but you know, it is a—it's uh, pretty exciting. Uh, I'm excited to see him. Ha- uh, I was hoping that he would get in Wednesday. It didn't happen, uh, but I expect to see him soon, and uh, probably as soon as over the weekend at some point.
2: Yeah, I think I don't follow the minor league stuff as much as other people do. I think he's pretty much the consensus number one prospect, right in in the Braves system.
1: I know our guys use him consider him the top prospect and I think like for MLB pipeline I think he was four. I'm not exactly sure for Baseball America but he was getting starting to get top 100 buzz. So yeah. I you know I think when mid-season updates come out that he would have been he would have been the Braves top prospect at this point.
2: Yeah, that's how I think I think of him as the the you know this is essentially the Michael Harris thing from last year, right? It's, it's almost the exact same time. You know, the Braves called up Harris right at the end of May last year when the, when the outfield defense was just to the point where it was untenable. And, and obviously the Braves think the bullpen is to the point now where it needs, it needs help. And uh, it was confirmed after he was called up, that he will be in the bullpen. Uh, Like you said, the DFA lit key to get him up and, yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, he hasn't pitched in the bullpen. I did see this from Baseball America. He's never pitched out of the bullpen before in his pro career. But the Braves do this. I mean, Max Fried pitched out of the bullpen. Um, I think, obviously, Strider pitched out of the bullpen. Kyle Wright pitched out of the bullpen. So this is not new for them. This is kind of what they do. It's, you know, the, the organization obviously feels like it's easier to control, you know, appearances and innings and stuff like that out of the pen. But I would not be surprised at all if you know Schuster gets into a rough stretch, or you know Soroka, God forbid, either gets hurt or, or has to go back down. I would not be surprised at all to see him start at some point. Um, obviously, if they if they throw him in the pen, then they would have to build him back up to do that. But yeah, it's really exciting. He's the I, like I said, I think he's the best prospect in the in the organization. He's had a rapid rapid uh, run through the minors. I mean, he he was at double A and triple A for like a cup of coffee and now he's in the majors. And so, you know, this team has shown, they don't really care about service time. If they think you're one of the best 26 guys and you can help this team, even if you haven't spent it. I mean, Harris didn't spend any time at triple A last year and, 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 AJ obviously only spent a couple of, a couple of weeks in triple A. So yeah, it's cool to see. I, I am very interested to see what he looks like when he finally gets to, to pitch and what kind of weapon he can be. Cause if he, if he pitches the way he's got, you know, his potential, um if he if he can reach his potential then it'd be a real weapon in the bullpen and the bullpen needs some help right now so it'll be it'll be fun to watch
1: yeah and it does sound like they're going to kind of use him the way that they did Spencer Strider i wouldn't be surprised to see him come in And instead of just giving one in and, you know, try to go to multiple innings and try to keep him a little stretched out. I wouldn't be shocked at all at some point to see him make a spot start, even if it's a, even if it's a short one, you know, at this point, but really excited to see what he looks like Wednesday. The Braves avoided a sweep with a four, two win. Uh, Jared Schuster, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, the walks are still a little concerning. He pitched out of some trouble, uh, I think he benefited a little bit from Oakland's lineup, but five and a third, two earned run—you can't argue with that. Braves bullpen, three and two thirds, perfect innings to close that thing out. But the A's pitchers retired twenty straight Braves hitters, uh, dating back to Tuesday's game. Offense did just enough, you know. But uh, I thought that was a win, you know. That was a win they sorely needed, and uh, you know, to it didn't really matter. It didn't really matter how it happened. They needed to win that game just to kind of just to kind of stop the bleeding on this road trip.
2: Yeah, you can't get swept by the A's. I mean, you can't, I mean, literally the A's – I don't know if people know this. I've talked about it a little bit. But, I mean, the A's are on track to be the worst team in the history of baseball. I mean, the were like less than 40 wins for the entire season. They had 10 wins coming into the series, and then they got two in a row against the Braves. So, you know, the Braves are – had they been swept by this team, I mean – You know, it's still May, and but that that just would have been an awful, you know, that would just an awful start to a trip, especially when you got to go to Arizona, and Arizona is one of the hottest teams in baseball. We're gonna we're gonna touch on that series here in a minute, but you don't want that. You don't want a a sweep by the A's to kick off that series with Arizona. So yeah, it was good. Uh, Schuster was solid again. You know, the A's offense is not terrible. I mean, they've got some guys that can hit. um, You know, Rooker's having a good year. Notice having a good year. Like, it's not, you know, Loriano's a major league player. Um, you know, uh, Ruiz at the top has got some talent. So their offense is not as bad as their pitching staff is. And so, yeah, five innings from Schuster, two runs. Um, I thought Snit managed him well. You know, you, the thing with Schuster is a lot of times he gets to five innings and he's got like 60 pitches. And you're like, I hope the manager isn't using pitch count to ju- you know to make these decisions um because yeah he's at 50 pitches but he's he's approaching the third time through the order and um i thought snit did a really good job you know the bullpen has not been reliable and so i get him trying to push starters a little bit more and he did that a little bit on wednesday and but yeah it was good for the bullpen to come out and pitch well in that game the offense is still not where it needs to be i mean like you said they i think they went the first five innings without a Base runner or four and a half innings, something like that. And they finally got it going a little bit in, in a couple of innings. And Acuna had some nice at bats. I think his last three at bats were all, you know, really solid at bats. So hopefully that's a sign of stuff. You know, usually when Acuna goes, the offense goes, and he's been in a little bit of a slump. Probably his first slump of the year, honestly. And the offense has kind of paid for it. There really hasn't been anybody to step up. So it was good to see him get some good at bats, and and hopefully that bleeds over to. Him.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just to close the book on the A's, I mean that was their second series win of the season. They they took two out of three in Kansas City. Uh, they have not had a three game winning streak all season. Uh, their run differentials, it's uh, it's it's going to. They're on pace for a record there as well. Not on on top of you know I think what is the record? Uh, Sixty nine Mets lost one hundred and twenty games, and they're on pace to beat that will be interesting to see cuz i mean they're on one hand if they've got veterans that they can sell off they'll sell them off but they've got some intriguing young players too that probably come to the major leagues at some point this season too so you know i, I think it's it's just a it's just a weird situation there but again you know baseball's weird <laughs> the braves went in there uh could have i mean honestly could have could have got swept uh, but i thought it was great that they uh avoided a sweep with that so
0: go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's s y l v a n 29.com.
1: All right, Stephen. I I mean, I I've been on Twitter. I know, you know, we we make fun of things on there a little bit on this podcast every now and then, but you know, I, I just I've got to i got to ask you because I mean I, I'm looking at it from one perspective here and and I just don't see what I, everybody else is seeing. But you know, are the Braves off to a bad start? Because where I sit, they're 33 and 23. It's a three and a half game lead over the Mets, uh, which I think is the yeah it is the biggest in the National League. Plus fifty eight run differential, best in the NL. But every time I open up Twitter, it's this like it's just like they're ten games under five hundred, and I just don't really understand it.
2: Yeah, it it has been weird because the team got off to this you know they got off to this red hot start. I think they were I should have looked this up. I think they were twenty five and eleven. I think at their peak where they you know they were just on fire. They were winning you know basically three out of every four games. And you know since they lost Max um since that news came down it's definitely been a less a lesser version of the team and so i think you know i think it's recency bias i think is what's you know how you look in the last 10 games or so or 15 games is kind of how the fans feel um yeah 25 and 11 i just looked it up so they were 25 and 11 on may 9th and they're 33 and 23 now so that's what that's eight and 12 yes eight and 12 since that 25 and 11 start so that you know that that's definitely i think where a lot of people are right now is they're not playing great right now um you know the competition has some some to do with that um obviously it doesn't that doesn't come into account when you're talking about the a series but you know the braves did run through baltimore toronto boston you know texas
1: yeah hey uh why while you're right there, let's look at this. Let's let, let's let's go through this real quick. Just to and you know, I want to point out to one other thing. You know, they're they're sixteen and fourteen against uh teams with a uh, greater than five hundred record. Uh, you know, somebody kind of laughed at that, you know, over over the weekend, but that is the best mark in the national league, or was the best mark in the national league. The D- uh, Diamondbacks are actually sixteen and thirteen. So it's the second best Second best mark in the National League at this point, but let's just look at this stretch that the Braves went on. They played the Orioles, took two out of three from the Orioles. Orioles are above five hundred. They split two game series with the Red Sox. Red Sox were are above, barely above five hundred now. Had won eight of nine games coming into that series. They got swept in Toronto. You know, you'd like to have won one of those, I guess. That was a weird series. You and I did a whole podcast about it. Uh, Took two out of three in Texas, NL West leading Rangers. Took two out of three at home against the Mariners, above 500 team. Lost two out of three to the Dodgers at home. Sp- split a four-game series with the Phillies. Phillies are below 500 and kind of struggling, so that's a little disappointing. And then the A series, obviously, we just covered. But that is an unbelievable stretch right there, you know, of of good quality teams. A lot of AL East getting the Rangers, Rangers are playing well. You know, I mean, I get it. You know, I get it. I get the frustration when you, you know, you go 15 and 14 in May and then you, uh, you know, you finish the month going eight and 12. I understand. Nobody's saying they're hitting on all cylinders. But, you know, when Max Freed went down, Kyle Wright went down, you know, I mean, honestly, uh, we, we should have expected a little bit of this, you know, and to come out of this stretch – come out of this month still 10 games above 500 I just think I think that's a heck of a job honestly
2: and I I do think part of it is you know it's funny and I, I was thinking about this yesterday I actually tweeted about something similar to this but you know had the let's say after the max news that the Braves started to play poorly and one of the reasons they started to play poorly is because of the rotation then people almost would have understood it more Right. Like if every third game, the Braves starter is getting lit up and you're like, well, I mean, they don't have Max. They don't have Kyle. It kind of makes sense. Then you almost it's almost more expected. And I don't know if it's more accepted, but I think it would almost be easier to understand. The weird thing about the stretch for the Braves is that the the rotation has been amazing. Like during this stretch, since they haven't had Max they have like the third best ERA in baseball out of their rotation. And so I think that's where people are a little concerned is that the you know it's a large part of a large part of it's been the bullpen where they don't have anybody hurt. No, they have Dylan Lee, Dylan Lee still out, but you know, the the bullpen and the offense and the defense, I think are the the things that have held them back in the stretch. And those are things that you know, coming into the season you expected to be you know, strengths or maybe not the defense, but at least, especially the offense of the bullpen. And so I think that's part of it. I think the Braves are struggling in a way that is unusual for them. And so it, it's it got people, you know, the bullpen we thought would be a, a really, really big strength of this team. One of the best in the league. And the results haven't been that the, the peripheral stuff has been about where we thought it would be. the The results haven't been there. So, you know, there's a little bit of small sample size in there. The offense has been inconsistent. You know, if Ronnie is not getting the offense going, then a lot of times it doesn't get going. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I get it. I I understand why people get frustrated um, because, you know, you want the team to look like the team they looked like in in April, but, you know, you're not going to go 25-11 and every 36 games. I mean, it's not going to happen. You're going to have bad stretches. And the Braves went 15-14 and in May and that's the important thing. Even in May, where they lost Max, they lost Kyle, they weren't playing their best baseball, actually at times playing really bad baseball, and playing probably the toughest stretch of their schedule, they still went 15-14. and 14. They still had an above 500 record for the month, So, and the Braves usually turn it on in June and July. June and July have been really good to them over the last couple of years, so yeah, it, I get it. I get why people are concerned, especially with the aspects of the team that are struggling, but and I, and I talked about this in, in the solo podcast last week, but you really do have to zoom out, you know, whenever you can. It's tough when you follow the team every day like we do, but you really do have to zoom out. You have to keep perspective. They have the second-best record in the National League. They have the best run differential in the National League. The schedule gets super, super light in June. You, you put it in our notes here. They play the Nats, the Tigers, the Rockies, the Reds, the Marlins, the Phillies. You know, those are teams that they should handle, so... Hopefully it'll turn around a little bit more like it was in April, but yeah, I, I do, I get it and I, I understand it, but you're a hundred percent correct. I mean, we, this, there's a lot of teams that would kill to be 10 games over 500 and, you know, a three and a half game lead in their division. So um, that's baseball.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's a good point about the rotation because it really hasn't been the problem, you know, and we, there were, and, and remember they went through a stretch there where they basically only had three starters on the. On the roster, you know, three bullpen games, which drew a lot of angst. But honestly, they should have won two of those, at least two of those bullpen games. And in the third, you know, they don't turn a double play, and it and it, it uh, snowballs on them a little bit, and kind of skews the skews the results. So that is a good point. Uh, you know, I don't think I think the bullpens struggles have been a little overhyped, just because when you look at the, you know, I mean they've they've got a three point eight zero FIP coming into. Um, Coming into the play Thursday, that's second in the National League. But you, like you said, it's been one night they don't hit. The next night they don't pitch. Uh, you know, it's a close game. The, they don't score enough runs, and it's all the pressures on the pitching staff, and, you know, they blow it late or something. So it's, it's just been one thing after another. And then, like you said, you know, the Oakland series, you know, I guess it was a good thing that most of those games were played uh, on West Coast time <laughs> or the panic would have been been even more um but you know they've got two two tough teams coming up in diamondbacks uh and then the mets at home and then like you said they you know they close out basically june with uh, a lot of teams with losing records and you know it's going to be on them to take care of business uh you know and that's just that's just the best uh the only way to put it but you know hopefully you're going to get some key people back you know i don't know I'm guessing it's going to be July before we see Freed Dylan Lee will be back at some point too. So, you know, like I said, it's uh, it's it's you just got to look at the big picture here because I mean, if you say the Braves are terrible at 33 and 23, then I guess the Dodgers are too, and the Diamondbacks and everybody else in in the National League. So. All right, coming up this weekend uh the Braves in Arizona to face the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are red hot. Probably the hottest team going currently. Walked off the Rockies uh Thursday. You know, they're tied with the Dodgers now. Man, what do you I mean, what do you say about this team? It seems doesn't have all the big names offensively. Uh, but the guys they do have are producing. Corbin Carroll's uh, been good. Lord is good. Gurriel Jr., who uh, most everybody was focused on that trade with the Blue Jays, was Dalton Varshow going to Toronto. But Gurriel's had a, a great season. He's got like a 140 weighted runs created plus coming into this. Pitching staff, um, you know, ranks about middle of the pack in the majors. Uh, but they've got a solid 1-2 in Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallon. Gallon's probably – I would say he and Strider, Spencer Strider right now, are the favorites for the NL Cy Young at this point two months in. So, you know, something to watch. Uh, Friday, Charlie Morton versus Merrill Kelly. Saturday, Spencer Strider versus Ryan Nelson. Sunday, Michael Soroka versus Zach Gallon. You know, which one of these matchups jumps out to you?
2: Well, they're all fun. I mean, obviously Soroka versus Gallen on Sunday looks super fun just because Gallon, like you said, is probably – you know, depending on which sports book you look at, is either just ahead of Spencer Strider and, and um, Cy Young odds or just behind Spencer Strider and Cy Young. They've been the two best pitchers in the National League so far, so that's fun. And Strider pitches Saturday against Nelson, and, and Sirocco pitches Sunday against Gallen. But, yeah, the Diamondbacks are a good team. I actually did the um, – we did a whole series in the offseason of, of previewing all the, the teams in the majors, and uh, I actually did the one for the Diamondbacks. And, you know, they have a lot of talent. They had, it's not guys, you know, I mean, I think most baseball fans by now know Corbin Carroll just because he was a, a, you know, top 10 prospect and people usually know those guys, but like Christian Walker, uh, Perdomo playing short for them has been unbelievable. Gurriel, like you said, they've got a bunch of like platoon pieces that you don't know, but when, you know, depending on if there's a lefty or righty in, they, they usually uh, hit pretty well. You know, it's a terrific ballpark for offense. The Braves normally hit really well, In Arizona, they've had some really good series in Arizona the past few years. So I'm interested to see what what happens. Like you said, you know, the one-two punch for Arizona is is Gallon and Kelly and and both those guys pitch, one on Friday and one on Sunday. So it's not going to be easy by any stretch. And and like you said, they're the hottest team in baseball or one of the hottest teams in baseball. So they're really good. You know, I'm interested to see them up close and and really – I was really impressed when we played Texas. I thought Texas showed out really well. So I'm kind of interested to do the same thing with with Arizona, just because you know it's been a it's been a few years for them. They've kind of tore down to build back build back up, and and they've got even more prospects coming. They they, they don't have all of their top guys um, in the lineup yet, so they've got more talent in the pipeline. And yeah, they're really good. And this will be a tough series. If you get two out of three in this series, you you sprint sprint home. You that you, you take that in the heart. I'll take that right now and run. It's very easy to only win one, and it's very easy to get swept. I mean, this is a really good team. They've got their two best pitchers going on Friday and Sunday, and obviously the Braves do too with with Morton and Strider. And well, I guess it depends on what you think of of Elder, but two of the three best pitchers on the Braves staff right now. So um, it'll be fun. I can't wait. It. I love. I love when you know two of the better teams, or when the Braves play some of the better teams. I just I, sometimes I think the Braves play up and down to their competition a little bit, and. I think we saw that with Oakland and and the Braves. Sometimes, you know, when they're playing better competition, a better version of them shows up. And so, this will be a fun series. I, I really this th- these will be a f- uh, really fun three games.
1: Yeah, one thing that I was kind of waiting to see was uh, when they announced these pitching matchups. Just was to see if Soroka was going to slide in on Sunday. You know, I think that just speaks uh, volumes about where he's at physically. Um, you know, so that was, that was great. That was great to see the Braves didn't feel like they needed to give him an extra day or anything there. Uh, and I, I, I didn't really think they would either, um, just because they were so careful about bringing him up, you know, they didn't bring him up till he was ready. Uh, so it's good to see him slotting in every fifth day now. Uh, you know, and I agree with you, you know, this is a series you don't want to get swept. Uh, you feel, I guess if you look at the matchups, you feel pretty good about Saturday with Spencer Strider on the mound you know the offense needs to get going they need to build a little momentum because the Mets are kind of coming around uh they just the Mets swept Philly uh this week and um you know are starting to look a little more like the team that we expected and that's a big three-game series coming up in Atlanta you know to start uh to start next week so you know they just need to need to need to start to build a little bit of momentum because um you know this next homestand is going to be kind of kind of critical with uh, New York and Washington coming in
2: yeah and we talked about this in the preseason or I think right at the beginning of the season but you know because of the balanced schedule you don't play your division opponents as much as you did before you instead of 19 games you only play them 13 times and head-to-head is still a very important tiebreaker so that just makes the 13 times you do play each other that much more important I mean they're critical games and and obviously the Braves took care of business when they went up to New York and, and took two of the three games that they played and you know they need to do the same thing when the Mets come into town. Um, like you said, the Mets have built a little momentum. They they they've been playing better than the Braves have, and and have cut it cut down. I think the lead was at five at one point. I think it's down to three and a half. So, yeah, it'll be good. But you know, first first is is Arizona, and this is going to be a a, a really tough test. I, I hope people know. You know, sometimes casual fans or or fans that are people that are just fans of the Braves don't really know what's going on around in the league and. Arizona's really good and they're hot right now and, and they're playing at home and they got their best guys going. So this will be a serious test this weekend.
1: Yeah, and I think that's uh that's gonna kinda of wrap us up. That's a little bit of a shorter episode this week, but you know, honestly with the off day uh today there's just not not that much news. I'm excited to see AJ Smith Shaver. Uh that's one of the big things I'm looking for over the weekend. I imagine he's gonna find his way into one of these one of these three games. Um, excited to see Soroka again as well. Uh, and see how the offense uh, you know does against this uh, quality quality starting pitching because uh you know it'd be nice to see them get get going again uh and just really get on a roll right here
2: yeah and you know like i said before the braves the braves played really well in june in the last few years and and ironically i don't know if people remember but it was in arizona last year at the end of may where the brave season kind of turned around you know they they had this awful game where they were up like seven two. They blew it. They lost like eight seven. They had a huge manager's meet or a team team meeting like the next game, and the next day the Braves came out and I think they beat. They were still in Arizona. Yeah, they beat the Diamondbacks, beat them soundly, and that started the fourteen game winning streak that you know carried the team from mediocrity into one of the best teams in the league, and, and they never looked back. So. Like I said before, they play well in Arizona. They've gotten right in Arizona before and and so I'm 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 really excited for the series. I I hope I hope the team that that showed up in April, you know, kind of comes back around here in June and and we get to see, you know, a much uh better version of of Braves baseball.
1: That's right. I I forgot about that uh that team meeting. I forgot that that occurred in that series in Arizona. So, yep. um, yeah, that's going to be if you to be interested, maybe this will be the, you know, the point where they put the foot in the in the sand and uh, you know, go on a run right here because you know, they could sure they could sur- surely use it at this point, you know, if you can if you can win this series with Arizona and then go home and and win that series against New York. You got to feel pretty good about your where you're at, especially considering you know you're still you're still without Max Freed. So, all right, I think that's going to wrap us up. Um, if you got anything else you want to you want to talk about?
2: Nope, nope. Um, you know the the last thing I'll say, and I noticed this too, is that it's three more right-handed pitchers that are facing off against the Braves this weekend. And I think that I think the book is out. I think teams are lining up their right-handed starters to face Atlanta. I think you know in the last. Like 17 games, they faced 16 right-handed starters or something like that. The only time they faced a lefty was in that second game against Oakland, and so, you know, the Braves hit lefties a lot better than righties, and I think I think the word is out on that, and I think teams are trying to line up their right-handed starters whenever they can against the Braves. So, the Braves need to continue to hit well against right or c- continue to improve to hit, you know, against right-handed pitching. They that's something they that's a little bit of a hole in their lineup, and and they need some of their lefty bats, you know, Rosario. Uh, Ozzy Michael Harris, they need some of these lefty bats to start picking up the slack a little bit against right-handed pitching because it's, it's tough to always ask the right-handers to do it. So that's another thing I'm watching for this series is, you know, the, they're going to see a lot of right-handed pitching and, and how they do against it. And it's going to probably go a long way in deciding how they do this weekend.
1: All right. That's going to do it for us. Um, we'll be back next week, uh, to kind of, uh, recap this, uh, what everything how everything happened we may take a little closer look at the bullpen and and some other things but uh you know keep uh keep an uh, keep an eye out on the for the podcast feed we got a lot of good stuff coming and uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week